Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank member FDIC. Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. Well, typically I say thank you, Mike Salmon, but Mike's not here um, personally, but he was there on the uh, on the audio intro. But we have Amanda Perch with us today uh, producing. So, Amanda, thank you, for, um, thank you for being here this morning. Yes, you're on. Prepared for that. Thank uh, you, JD. <laughs> well, I'm putting you on the spot because today's a big day at the Gwinnett Chamber. The Moxie Awards are, are occurring today. The Moxie Awards. I'm excited. What? Uh, how? How are we labeling the Moxie Awards? What? Uh, what? What's the function? What's the definition of Moxie Awards? Well, Moxie is um, it's dedicated to the ladies in our community that are movers and shakers. So it's an award ceremony that pays tribute to all the gals that are out there making a difference. Well, no wonder you're going to be there. <laughs> Thank you. And no wonder you're uh, nominated for the Greater Good Award. Greater Good, yes. Good for you. And congratulations to you and your team as well. Yeah. You guys are nominated for what? The Enlightened Employer Award. Enlightened. Congratulations. So we are very proud of that. We couldn't have done it without Business Radio X and Regions Business Radio and you and your team. So um, thank you for, for helping us, and we wish you well today at lunch and hope you bring home the, the big trophy. Thank you very much, and good luck to you guys as well. I look forward to meeting your team. Thank you. They look forward to meeting you. They just don't know it yet. So go by and say hello. Will um, do. Well, J.D. Mueller here, Regions Business Radio, and uh, I'm, I've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while. I have a dear friend of mine, Brian Willman, with me. Brian Willman is the head of commercial banking at Regions. Um, he, uh, he offices and lives in, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, but he's been gracious enough to travel to Northeast Georgia and Duluth to, uh, to, uh, to be on the podcast and meet some of our local customers. Brian, welcome to Regions Business Radio. Well, thanks for having me, J.D. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're, uh, we're excited to have you. Um, you know, just by way of reminder, our, our podcast is locally produced, and we our target audience really is um, local business owners and executives in the Gwinnett, Northeast Georgia okay. area. Um, and we use this as a way to uh, share quality information about our community, maybe partners. We, we've had episodes covering a broad variety of topics. Um, today, I'm excited to have you here so that you can give our business community in Gwinnett sort of an overview of who Regions is, who Regions Commercial is, and then maybe a couple other topics. So first off, why don't we, um, if you don't mind, introduce yourself a little bit about what you do there, and uh, we'll kick it off that way. Well, you're kind to have me again this morning. It's great to be here. Uh, really impressed with the reach that Business Radio X has had. I've been uh, listening to a few of the podcasts before, so it's a high bar you set. And if I guess, J.D., if you ever want to retire as a banker, we know what your next career could be. So, <laughs> uh, so kudos to you, and, and thank you, Amanda, for having me on this morning as well. You know, I think from my perspective, uh, Regents Bank is much like you would hear and expect any other bank to be. We offer uh, basic products and loans and services through uh, relationship banking. Uh, the difference, what I would tell you, is even though we're headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama, and what we would be classified as a super regional bank, roughly $150 billion in assets, 
our secret sauce is really delivering uh, local product and industry expertise through our relationship bankers uh, in the markets. We serve roughly 15 state footprint, primarily in the southeast, um, and also have expanded national presence depending on our various industry verticals. To me, uh, the banking piece of it is great because it's a people business, as you know. Uh, ultimately, we're defined by the success of our clients and how we help them reach both their personal and their business goals. So. Uh, for me, it all boils down to relationships and how we cultivate that over years, doing what you uh, say you're going to do, but mm -hmm. also delivering uh, value-added advice. You know, from regions, I've been uh, with the bank roughly 12 years in a number of different roles, but uh, to me, it's great to be outside of Birmingham, here in the markets, meeting with you, the team, our customers and prospects. And it's also a little bit of a homecoming as you alluded to here in Gwinnett. I, I lived in Duluth for a few years uh, early in my career and then up in Gainesville, Georgia after that. So uh, I love coming back to uh, to the Peach State and it's great to be here with you this morning. Yeah, the real Gainesville, by the way. That's in, right, the real Gainesville, for sure. In case sure. anyone uh, mistakes <laughs> the, the, the wrong Gainesville That's right. down in Florida. Uh, so a lot of, uh, a few things to unpack there about who we are as Regions Bank. Um, and 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 I I may I'm not I want to come at it from a different perspective. You and I are certainly on the same team, sure. Because yeah, because I embrace all of that, and I hope that I do it in a way that that honors you and honors the bank uh, in this market. But um, so just playing a little devil's advocate. Uh, hey, every bank that knock I'm a business owner. Every bank mm -hmm. that knocks on my door wants to talk about relationship. What makes your relationship at Regions, what the relationship you're selling me from Regions, how's it different than all the other folks? No, great question. I mean, at the core, our business is not complicated. I mean, to define a relationship, I think if you talk about it with a client, then it's not uh, genuine. I think relationships happen over time. Mm -hmm. They're built with mutual trust. They're built with mutual understanding in terms of what's beneficial for both parties. At, you know, I think in Gwinnett County, there's roughly 20 or so banks. And so if you're a business owner, you have options uh, for your banking services, in addition to non-bank providers, fintechs that are out there. And so mm -hmm. uh, you have to provide great service. You have to provide uh, products that help the business owner with what their growth plans are. At the end of the day, if you're not doing that, then you're just a commodity provider and you can be replaced very quickly. I think where we try to differentiate is using uh, data and analytics that are mm. out there uh, to enhance the visibility of our bankers into industry trends, into the business owner in terms of, hey, what are our competitors doing? Obviously, we don't violate any confidentiality uh, in our conversations, but we can give them ideas to say, hey, you might think about this in terms of here's the margins that some competitors are, are doing in your space, and here's how you can manage potentially your working capital better, just as, a, mm. as an example. I think it's also important, especially in today's COVID environment, that you think about supply chain, you think about employee, labor. Uh, those are all hot topics for a lot of our business owners. And so things that we can do and bring ideas to value add, that's when it's mutually beneficial and that's when a relationship is formed over time. Uh, I can you know, sing a great song about how great Regions is, but at the end of the day, it's about what we do. I mean, I think products and services in this industry are table stakes. And the differentiator is that human 
touch, that human connection. I mean, we're wired as individuals to connect that way, and that that is our differentiator. I mean, we're going to continue to lean into local. Um, Obviously, you live here in the market. Uh, Our bankers live in the market. We're not coming in from from out of town, and this is something that's important uh, to regions and the value proposition that we provide. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly where I was hoping you would go because that's that's where I would go in that answering that question. So you bring up another topic that I, I I'm not going to say I rail on it, um, but I have made this a topic uh, on previous episodes, and we talk about value, we talk about relationship. Um, I, I I'm afraid that sometimes business owners, with all due respect, evaluate the nature of their banking relationship through low rates and cheap fees <laughs> right. as opposed to value right and that's a that's a difficult conversation to have because we live in a very you know um you know our, the marketplace overall our entire business society is one of get it fast get it cheap and then go get it again right but in our world of commercial banking if we don't take time to understand you the business owner then number one, we're not doing our jobs because it's the only it's the only job in the world where where my bankers have to go sell the bank and then we have to sell the customer to the bank. That's right. You get what I'm saying. So um, differentiate a little bit, if you will, between um, a valuable advisory relationship and uh, a, a banking hierarchy that sort of. Uh, you know, cannibalized itself by yep. saying the only thing that matters is rate and fee. <laughs> right. You get my question? Absolutely. I think from my perspective, it's really two different things. Depending on the complexity of the business or the need, that determines often price or value. And so mm-hmm. if you're wanting basic depository services or money market uh, rates, obviously there are, you can shop around and you can get higher rates than probably we can provide and there's reasons for that Um, and we certainly want to have the full business of a business owner but we understand that hey if they can get potentially an extra 10 basis points or 20 basis points somewhere else of yield from a basic depository product then you know hey I understand that the difference is when you start thinking about capital needs or cash management or services that help them run their business better, potentially be more efficient, also grow their business. Uh, I think that's where we try to imprint the region's value proposition around that very topic is what is the value of the advice? Mm -hmm. What is the value of the products, the execution, and the delivery of those products and services that create, in the business owner's mind, a reason to spend X amount of dollars for that product and service. And I think complexity does play a big role in that because you know if we're always trying to be the low cost provider then it becomes a volume game and you have to make decisions around your go-to-market strategy different you have to the talent would be different I wouldn't be standing here talking to you if this was all about the cheapest form of delivery at the same time you have to be competitive You, you cannot just expect somebody else to provide the exact same service and product and charge XYZ above because we're all in the business to to make money and to do it sustainably over time. And so I think it's a balancing act. Typically when a relationship is strong, we are uh, the de facto CFO, mm-hmm. oftentimes the advisor of their 
business. If I'm a business owner, I have more important things to be worried about than my banking services. And so when we provide good advice and products that enhance their business, do it at a uh, cost that is viewed as value add, that typically is never in the conversation. Yes. I mean, it never comes up because it's mutually beneficial, much like business owners in their business, they charge a certain thing for their product or service, and they're trying to differentiate on value as well. And so it's no different. Um, I've had conversations, unfortunately, where a customer feels like we're not providing the value and we have to shake hands and part ways because, you know, hey, you can get it cheaper somewhere else. But I think over time, what they find is, is that really worth XYZ Mm -hmm. difference in cost? Uh, You have to be competitive, clearly. But at the same time, I think that's a that's a losing proposition if it's always going to be the lowest cost provider or the most uh, loosest, you know, structure from a capital providing perspective. Right, and and I and I sort of differentiate that between you know rate and fee and access to capital. Um, right now, in the, in access to capital is the is the key to winning the game. That's right. And and what we try to do, um, you know, on your team here and beyond, is is when we think about adding value. An example would be. A business owner and executive calls in to say, you know, hey, Mr. Banker, I need to increase my line of credit. Typically, um, a banker may go, whew, I get to make a bigger loan. Right. When, in fact, if we're doing our jobs correctly and providing that CFO type advice that you mentioned, then we should be uh, getting a current set of financials and helping them to identify if they have assets that are locking up cash that should otherwise be coming to them oh your inventory's up there's where your cash is that's right your ar days are extended well there's your problem so you know a lot of times to your point business owners are doing what they do best they're running that business and they expect us to know what's going on in their business but also how to um they think sometimes asking for a loan is the right answer when in fact a review of what the 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 data i love the data what the data says is really where the where the conversation might Could, lie. Couldn't agree more. I've been in banking 25 plus years and it's changed probably more so in the last 36 months than probably <laughs> the previous 15 years. So the pace of change is not going to stop. Yep. The use of data to help us better understand the movement of money flows in and out into a business, mm-hmm. it provides really a roadmap in terms of ways that you can help those business owners be more efficient. Yep. Uh, optimize their revenue, uh, their mm-hmm. cash generation cycle. Um, that's what we want to do and help with that. Uh, we're not lenders. You know, we are financial advisors in terms of how we can optimize their business. And I love your point around, yes, we can provide capital. That might be the best solution, but let us get under the hood and understand yeah. the movement of cash and the working capital cycle and help them optimize. It might be inventory turns. It might be collecting receivables. It might be using ways that we can uh, uh, differentiate between uh, different uh, access to cash in terms of lines of credit or term capital. I mean, there's there's a myriad of different uh, products and services out there. And what you don't want to be is somebody that's coming with the flavor of the month. Mm. Here's, you know, I'm going to push this product on you. That's not what Regions is about. I mean, the commercial bank that you're a part of and I am as well, we handle uh, businesses 
two million in revenue on up to 500 million in revenue. So yeah. the their needs run the gamut. At the same time, it doesn't change with ultimately what they want is something that's going to help their business uh, execute their short and long term plans. Yeah, we try to talk a lot more about how can we help you accomplish your goals. You know, what are your goals as a business owner, and how do we how do we help you? You know, get there. Um, and I think it's a it's a discipline that we undertake um, because we really want to see our customers succeed. Absolutely, it's a mutual beneficial uh, environment. We the concept that we use is shared value, and I think that resonates yeah. with the concept of it's if it's good for our customers, if it's good for our communities, if it's good for our employees, and it's and if it's good for our shareholders. Those four tenants typically you know that you're doing the right thing yeah at the same time if it doesn't really check the box so to speak of those four things then it's a win-lose oftentimes and that's not going to be sustainable long term and so yeah. i think our approach has really been hey those four things if, if it's beneficial to all four in terms of execution of this plan with this business owner or product or service then then we want to do it but if it doesn't, you know, it's not sustainable. Can you imagine if if we were just the beneficiary of a one-way street in terms of loans or products that we sold to the customer? That's not going to feel very good to the business owner long-term if it's just beneficial to Regions Bank. Yep, Conversely, right. if it's just a one-way street where we're just giving everything away, that's probably not going to generate shareholder value long-term. We're a publicly traded company, so yep. we obviously – want to make money for the products and services that we provide so it has to be mutually beneficial at the same time we really feel strongly about investing in uh, our communities and yep. having a sustainable business model if our communities that we live and work and play in are growing it's beneficial for all people involved our business our customers as well as our employees and so we take that very seriously at regions and i think that's a core tenet of of our go-to-market strategy great great segue that I wasn't planning but talk about growing communities um we're we're in Duluth um we're in Gwinnett County um some some interesting stats and I, I, I don't know if you've heard these in a while but you know Gwinnett's approaching a million in population may have already surpassed it um there's uh the there's a calculation that the chamber shares called the diversity index and um, we are the most diverse county in the southeastern United States 43% white 28% black 13% Asian 16% Hispanic and other and that diversity index comes in at 80% so we're the most diverse county literally in the southeastern United States um, of our uh, I'm just going to say our, our region's business targets. So that would be manufacturing, wholesale, and distributing professional services in Gwinnett County. Uh, those industries employ 316,000 people, if you can imagine that. 34,000 plus total businesses, 600 plus international businesses. And this will blow your mind. 119 million square feet of industrial space, 34 million uh, square feet of office space and during the business day Gwinnett surges to 1.8 million because of all the employees that come to Gwinnett County so you're talking about, you're talking about those growth. numbers are staggering it's unbelievable and at the same time we regions we're adding branches mm -hmm. uh, we're adding commercial bankers we're making community investments 
we're we are deploying actively the things that you were just sharing about shared value in regards to community that's right um not to mention uh a couple of couple other stats that i think are important One hundred eighty thousand students in the gwinnett county public school system um one in ten students in the state of georgia is educated in the gwinnett county public school system one in ten and then the uh, the useless fact of the day would be that um gwinnett county has the highest population of nfl alumni <laughs> more nfl players have played played high school football in gwinnett county than any i did not county. know that wow that is that, that's not a useless stat that's it's, a great it's stat. actually pretty cool um my friend aaron lupaloff at the gwinnett county public schools foundation who runs the uh, gwinnett county sports hall of fame uh, reminds me of that uh -huh. regularly absolutely which is uh you know something that we look forward to to being uh, involved with but you know from a community standpoint that's that's who we're targeting so if you think about some of those stats if you think about you know 119 million dollars in industrial space or 34,000 total but now remember we do 2 million to 500 million right the majority of those 34,000 businesses are going to fall in that lens and um you know you're uh you've already sort of shared it but I'm, I'm going to take it a step further to this question. Think of yourself as, you know, you're, you're talking to a, a CEO of a manufacturing company here in Gwinnett. What are, what are just a few takeaways you would want them to know about who we are when that conversation is over? A couple things come to mind. One, we have to have a great understanding of their business. Oftentimes when I speak with clients or prospects of the of the bank uh, they might have a vision of where they want to be in the next 12 36 five-year uh, time horizon for us to better understand what those priorities and goals are help us formulate a near medium and long-term plan so I think that's important you know there's always an ask typically in terms of I have an immediate need in this product or mm -hmm. service that that we obviously can execute I mean the size of our bank we have every product and service imaginable to a, a business owner in that space and so I'm highly confident in our ability to come up with a proposal that would meet their needs what I'm more concerned about is the longer-term play and the longer-term vision in terms of how we can help them grow their business and to attain the goals that they set forth. Uh, most of these businesses are privately held or mm -hmm. they're subsidiaries of large multinational corporations. And so the needs vary. At the same time, at the end of the day, uh, Regions is a vendor to them. Uh, we're a provider of capital, we're a provider of services. And so we have to be able to differentiate that and provide a value add. If you're a manufacturer, you're obviously uh, very uh, concerned about raw material prices right now. You're concerned about your supply chain disruptions, your ability to get product, and then the demand for your product product is probably at a at a point that you never thought you would be in a COVID mm -hmm. world. How do you realize that revenue potential with all the disruption? In in addition to the challenges with qualified labor and oh. workforce. So <laughs> I laugh because that's the same conversation you have with every business owner. It right is now. absolutely you know? now. Now again, plant. We're in this conversation. You're letting a business owner know what you would want them to know about um, regions. Um, well, Brian, 
you know, uh, how can you help me with my supply chain? I mean, what does a bank, what does a bank do for me to help me with my supply chain? Come on. Well, it's interesting that you bring this topic up because if you would have, if we've been doing this interview two years ago, uh, we hear about this issue once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. Now, as you alluded to, almost every conversation I have in the travels in our markets are around supply chain. Uh, we have opportunities to, whether it's international trade payables, whether it's an ability to uh, front uh, fund uh, their incoming uh, supplies from offshore, we can help them with that. There's obviously, from an exporting standpoint, an XM product that we provide. There's also the basic uh, knowledge level in terms of just cycling their cash Mm -hmm. and their working capital. Uh, What we have found most recently is manufacturers are really interested in vertically integrating their supply chain as much as possible. So to the extent that there are acquisitions within their supply chain that they want to take more control of, we can help them with the capital to do that. I also think that there's going to be more M&A activity than we've seen thus far in terms of valuations, the amount of liquidity that's out there. I mean, we're approaching, as a U.S. economy, nearly $11 trillion of fiscal stimulus. That money has to flow somewhere in addition to just the sheer capital investments and the valuations that are out there. A lot of business owners are looking, hey, this might be the time to, to cash out or to take some chips off the table and recapitalize or bring in an outside investor, Mm -hmm. uh, minority investor, still take control and remain control of the business. But we have seen that. And I think the expectations of potential higher taxes, both at the business level and the owner level, estate planning, for instance, I think are also causing business owners to pause and say, what is the end game here? And where can I potentially uh, value my business? Or can I acquire something that would eliminate some of the volatility in that supply chain? Wow. Uh, I'm going to regret that we didn't make more time for this conversation because when people are going to hear this and they're going to, they're going to realize that regions is much more than rate and fee. Absolutely. And, 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 and what you just said that makes me think about that are conversations that we've had in the last 24 hours where we, number one, we've been in front of a manufacturer here in Gwinnett talking about supply chain, and we helped them with uh, their foreign receivables, mm-hmm. where we were able to free up cash flow you know, from a foreign vendor, related foreign vendor. But essentially what happened was the manufacturer was using their, their domestic line of credit to a foreign vendor's benefit. So, so that's something that you typically don't think of. Another thing that we've talked about um, in the last 24 hours with a client was um, their capital structure and the fact that they had some investors that may look to um, go ahead and capture some return within that capital structure that would change the ownership of the company all at the same time wanting to provide ownership to some key employees. That's right. But, Brian, you're with Regions Bank. You help me with that? Absolutely. I think at the end of the day, it's about having a conversation first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can trust that we maintain confidentiality, of course. Uh, That's a core tenet of any banking relationship. 
at the same time, uh, I get excited. I mean, just like we were on calls uh, yesterday, that the business owner, I, you know, I have a need. We have a conversation. I haven't thought about that. That might be interesting. Mm. That might be something that I need to explore further. And then we follow up with uh, more definitive ideas, proposals that can help execute that plan. To me, that's why we do what we do. Yes. I mean, there's yeah. no greater satisfaction than helping a business owner achieve their goals, both near term and long term, because it benefits them and it benefits their family. It benefits their associates, their employee base. It benefits the communities. I mean, there's just uh, you, you can't underestimate the impact that just having a conversation can be. And I'm not here oh, to, yeah. to say that we're all things to all people. Mm -hmm. There's some conversations that that we will have to say, you know, that's probably not something that that we think is a good idea. And here's the reasons why. Right. I think there's benefit of not just being a yes man or a yes woman to say, mm. hey, we can do everything that you want. Just let me know what you want. I think we have to bring a a healthy uh, optimism, but also a realism in terms of, hey, this is what we've seen in your industry. This is what we've seen with your competitors. It might be something that would work for you. At the end of the day, it's the business owner's decision, but yep. we want to give them options and give them context of why we think what we do. Yeah. Well, you, you, you said something there. We didn't pre-plan this, but um, sometimes within, within the bank, uh, on my team, uh, our goal isn't to get a product, to get a service, to get a sale. Our goal is to hear some words that you don't realize you just said, and it's this. Well, I've never thought of that before. That's right. It, it, we could, if a, and my team knows that. If they come back for, you know, to let me know how a call went, and they, and they tell me that a client said, well, I've never thought of that before, it's like I want to hit the we win button because we've now challenged a business owner to maybe think of things a little differently, which in 2021 America is 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 quite different. Um, so we do really pride ourselves locally on uh, challenging business owners or helping them to see something maybe that they haven't seen before. And I'm telling you, if somebody says that, we feel like that is the the entree to that value conversation Agreed. that we need to have. And, and, and one way that we do that is we bring other stakeholders to the table. Uh, you know, whether it's a credit officer, it, we, we were at a meeting not too long ago and it was me and the bank, the, the, the RM, the relationship manager and our credit officer. And we told the customer, well, we're having credit committee right here in your office. What do you, <laughs> you know, what can we do? And, you know, we help that customer with something that they needed. So, um, uh, I got, we're going to, we're going to move on a little bit. I want to ask you about, um, you know, value add. We talked about that. Never thought of that before. You know, we're going to talk about how does cash flow through your business. Um, one topic that I feel obligated, a, a word, it's a topic that I feel obligated to mention to get your response to is this. Fraud. Hmm. Well, that just changed the whole uh, <laughs> tone of the conversation. Oh, uh, did uh, I kill fraud. it? I'm sorry. No, not <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, fraud, uh, it's, it's a hot topic. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that we take very seriously because we have personally seen the impact that fraud has on our customers, on our business. Um, you know, we see it in the headlines and the news in terms of, if a company is impacted by fraud and uh, the disruption that, that that causes to ultimately our daily lives as a consumer. And so uh, that is something that 
if you think about historically in the financial services industry, fraud was never really thought about it unless it was somebody passing a, a bad check or mm-hmm. your losses were typically uh, around bank robberies. Yeah. We typically don't see that anymore. It's more obviously uh, white collar crimes that are using uh, phishing, uh, email, business email compromise. It's just, I mean, the the fraudsters are using technology. They're very well funded Mm -hmm. uh, to try to steal money and to get it out of your account into their account uh, overseas, typically as fast as they can. And it's our duty, not only as a bank, but also just as a advisor to our clients to do a, a deep analysis in terms of their internal controls mm-hmm. on how they move money, um, how they authorize the movement of money. That's yes. something that we take very seriously. There are obviously products and services and technology that are out there that we maintain at regions that we provide to our clients to help with that. But at the same time, I always remind people to, if, if it seems a little off, just to take a pause, it's amazing how that extra phone call or that few extra minutes to verify an account number or mm-hmm. to contact somebody and that saves. I mean, there's been examples, too numerous to count where a business owner in just the normal day-to-day life you know they're busy they it's oh i I'll, yeah i'll prove this to this vendor we we always wire this money and unfortunately you know a lot of times we'll catch it in our wire room yes and we'll verify it with hey this account number has changed from the previous 15 wires that you've done let's verify this and so yeah. that typically uh, helps stop the fraud but you know occasionally it does get through now we also have ways to recover and certainly uh, we have partnerships with other banks in terms of making sure those fraudulent dollars don't leave the country. But in some instances they do. And the impact, especially to a small business, mm-hmm. uh, it's very hard to uh, underestimate or to overestimate the impact of those fraud uh, yeah. dollars leaving that business owner. And so we try to prevent that. It's a, it's an ongoing battle. Um, I would tell you as soon as you close one door or one loop, they find another way in. And so I just uh, always caution and advise everyone to be diligent, to have uh, controls, internal controls, dual control put in place, and then help us, let us help you with that conversation. Uh, That is something that we do very well. We're happy to provide that service and product to minimize that risk. to your point around value and cost, there is a cost associated to that. But I always tell business owners, uh, think about the cost. It's like an insurance policy. Think about yes. the cost of if you didn't have it and what the impact of your business would be. Yeah, um, that's a great explanation. And it's something that we talk to all of our clients about and almost every guest on this show is uh, we can't do enough to raise awareness. I've been in a business owner's office where he th- – where I'm literally sending an email to somebody that says they're him and it's not going to him. That's how nefarious these, that's right. These criminals are. And, and, and the product that you're talking about specifically is, is, is positive pay. Um, you know, where, where, you know, out of the, the business, the business's accounting system, you tell us what check numbers written to, to what client and for what amount, and we will verify those things. And, 
yeah, there's a cost associated with it, but I can't tell you how many millions of dollars I've seen move out of accounts when it could have been avoided with having this product, this technology just used effectively. That's right. I don't have time for it or it costs so much. Well, you won't, Mr. Business Owner, you won't say that when, and we're not wishing it on anybody. Please Absolutely hear me. Not. We're yeah. not, we're, we're asking you to be mindful of it. And, and, and hey, I, to me, as a public service for all the business owners in Gwinnett County or within our voice, and, and we have people that listen in other states, whether it's regions or not, if there's nothing else you do from this, from this podcast is you call your banker and you talk about positive pay. Couldn't agree more. And in addition to that, you also have to understand that oftentimes your vendors are at risk in terms of their own uh, systems to be compromised. Uh, That's another entree into fraud that we have seen recently where, let's say, a manufacturer uh, has an invoice that they normally pay, and they have great controls in their business. They have dual control. They have positive pay. They know where every dollar is going out. Mm Mm-hmm their vendor gets compromised. And so they're getting emails from their vendors that they have seen before. It's the same email and they just change one digit or they change one little number. And unless you're catching that, um, they Uh. think that they're paying their invoice. And then oftentimes what happens 30 days later, they get a call from the accounts payable manager and they say, Hey, we haven't received payment on your invoice for XYZ shipment that we did. And you go in your system and say, yeah, we did. We wired that money 30 days ago. And they said, well, we never received it. And then upon further digging, they realize, wow, this account number was changed one digit or two digits or the routing number. And next thing you know, it's gone. Mm. And so I think you just have to be diligent and be aware. I think the self-awareness, but also challenge your uh, vendor management and how you go about making your payables and verifying that those funds are are accurate. It's worth the effort. Absolutely. Yeah, just, I mean, um, so two more quick things, um, and, and we'll wrap it up. You, you talked about data, you know, um, intelligence, using bank data to serve our customers more. Um, I d- painting with a little bit of a broad brush here. I think that most business executives and owners would be surprised to know that a super regional bank headquartered in Birmingham is as effective with data and technology as we are. Our team, our technology and data team is phenomenal. Um, Can you just make a comment on how, again, you mentioned it, but you didn't, and I'm not asking to go way deep. Sure. But, um, you know, our use of data to support our clients and um, what does that look like? And and then your your feedback on, on how rock star our, our team is. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my perspective, uh, we started the data and analytics journey in earnest probably two years ago, two plus years ago, uh, with the investment, one of people, Mm-hmm. and talent that we've stood up a, our own in-house data and analytics team. Uh, that skill set was not there before, and we have that. And then now you set out a roadmap in terms of what can we use all this internal data. Obviously, we don't compromise confidentiality. Of course. It, nothing shared externally. But we look at this and say, how can we better understand 
a consumer or a business owner's needs by just the sheer movement of money mm-hmm. between their accounts or what they do or their payables or receivables. So a couple of years ago, we uh, started the journey with what we call Regions Client IQ or RClick for short. Within the commercial bank, as of, I think it was 1.3 terabytes of data that we used and set up uh, various algorithms to mine the data to basically give outputs to you, to your bankers, to go have conversations with clients. So for instance, years ago, JD, you and I have been in the business a long time. If we wanted to understand what a client's movements would, we'd have to go get their deposit statements, their analysis statements. We'd go through it with a fine tooth comb. It would take obviously, you know, hours, if not days. One, you have to get the uh, paper statements, uh, go through <laughs> that. Um, by then, oftentimes they were a month in arrears. The data is a little bit uh, old. And so you could go back and have a conversation based on, by that time, data that's maybe 60 days old yeah. and things were much different. Now the data is real time. And so we can see how many checks have been written, where they've gone, uh, for instance, vendor matching in commercial uh, card spend, how can we optimize uh, that and get higher rebate levels or cash conversion uh, mm-hmm. for that? Uh, it's just, I, I mean, I, I could go down a rabbit hole uh, for hours in terms of the impact, but what it really does is it gives a one-stop shop and outputs for our bankers to have better conversations with our clients. and you can see every single product and service that we provide as well as external in terms of where things are going mm-hmm. and that we can say, Hey, we can do this better for you. Or this might be something you should think about relative to industry benchmarks or competitors uh, for that. And so that use of data and technology is not going away. We're further enhancing that on our wealth management platform. We're using that to combat fraud, Yep. Like you indicated, we're looking at that in terms of optimizing how we can uh, better have onboarding of new clients to the platform. And so yeah. I, I would say that journey has just begun, but I am very proud of the broader team in terms of the millions of dollars we've invested in technology to help us serve our customers better. I mean, you see it in our consumer daily life outside of banking. I mean, if it's easy, if it's quick, and you can do something like that and freeze up more time and resources, that's value add. And so we wanna do that in conjunction with the ability to still have a personal relationship. So uh, that that journey has just begun, but it's only ramping up as we speak. Well, in our own business, you know, it's it's as important as a large fluctuation in deposit balances that we're notified of, all the way to a conversation like we were just talking about fraud. Hey, uh, hey, Brian. I noticed your company wrote eighty-two thousand checks last month. That that's that's eighty-two thousand instances of somebody having your routing and account number out there on the street. What can we do to protect you? And 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 a myriad of other examples of how we can use the data too. So that's, that's right. Yeah. You know, I mean, we just scratched the surface in this forum, but I mean, there are ways and things out there that even we we tell business owners we come back and say, were you aware of this? movement in your account or this balances or excess balances that you could have captured and earned a higher rate. And they say, wow, I, I had no yes. idea. 
because I don't have time to, to look into that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the service that we can provide. I think I, whenever you say they don't have time, of course, we talked about how effective business owners are and how focused they are on their business. But it always, always, always makes me think about someone once told me, hey, look, J.D., it's not my mortgage that I worry about when I lay my head on my pillow at night. It's the mortgages of all my employees. That's right. And and all this is, you know, we talk about the, I've talked a lot today about the business owner. But those business owners are responsible for those employees and those employees' families. And everything we do to, to help them manage cash, protect cash, grow cash, whatever it is, um, we're happy to help them. Um, that's a very broad conversation about banking. Um, you know, in regards to, to, to banking, commercial banking regions, before I move on to our final topic, anything else you'd like to cover on that topic no i i think we i think we've just scratched the surface but we really uh, have yeah you think about that data the data only gets better the longer we use it Mm -hmm. you know so the the longer relationships we have the more that we can help and the machine learning capability uh, it's incredible yeah um brian uh in closing uh as you mentioned we've been friends uh together for a long time um i'm very grateful you've you you gave me an opportunity in banking that's led to uh, to the current position I'm in now, and I'll always be grateful for that. Um, I've, through the years, become a student of leadership, and, and I'm sort of a quote guy, and what I, I, I fancy myself someone that's, that can build a high-performing team, and I, I do that through personal relationships, mm-hmm. and you taught me a lot of that. So what I'd like to close out in is what are some – uh, just some some leadership qualities, you know, your perspective on on leadership. You know, how do you how do you approach it? What are some princ- some leadership principles that that you embrace and that you espouse? Well, you're you're kind to say so. One, everything that you've done or gotten to this point has been well deserved. So I, I think your humbleness and your self depreciating <laughs> nature uh, that's just who you are. But uh, it's you. it's well deserved, and congrats on your success. Obviously, leadership uh, takes on so many different forms. Uh, you can go to any Amazon site and see millions of books on leadership. Uh, to me, and I actually have it written down in, in my notebook that I take with me, and you know, hallmarks of a leader, to me it's around communicating the plan. You know, what is the plan for my business? What is the plan for this associate? How do we communicate that effectively? So you're very transparent in terms of how you define success and communicating the plan so people know what you're trying to accomplish. I think two, setting clear expectations and controlling what you can control. That is even more paramount in today's world where there are so many things outside of a business owner's control and how to do that effectively uh, in times of stress, in times of heightened um, you know, challenges as a business owner and as a leader, I think setting that clear expectations and controlling what you can control is a hallmark of a leader. Mm. I also think providing timely feedback is very important. Nobody is perfect. Nobody has all the answers and we only grow when people have invested in us, uh, to provide Mm -hmm. feedback and coaching and, and making them do better or be better at what they do. And I think that's a hallmark, a trait of a leader. Uh, I think acting with a sense of urgency and passion is very important. It's hard to get your associates or employees excited about something if they don't see it, you know, living uh, within you. And so I think if your passion and have a sense of urgency around executing your plan 
your employees are going to take that uh, with them as well. If you're not passionate about it, uh, that sometimes sends a, a mixed message. And so having yeah. a sense of urgency around, mm-hmm. I think, is important. And I think at the end of the day, too, uh, if as a leader, it is all about execution. It is managing those expectations, uh, looking at following where you are in terms of performance, um, executing the plan. I mean, you can have the best plan, you can communicate the plan, but at the end of the day, if you're not effective in executing the plan Mm -hmm. um, as a leader, then it's really all for naught. And I think that's very important to have defined parameters and ways to track the performance um, as a leader of your team or your associate, and that way you can make changes as necessary. I also would think I would share a quote, uh, and this certainly isn't mine, but when you have sometimes tough conversations, I've heard this quote say before, uh, truth without grace is mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. Ooh. And I think that's such a good quote for a leader, especially in terms of how you engage your associates, people from outside. Yes. Sometimes you have to have tough conversations, mm-hmm. but you should have grace in doing so. Um, yes. But you should also not just provide grace without truth because then it is meaningless. And so I think there's ways that as a leader, you can make people better uh, by engaging with them, showing that you care, um, having uh, a vested interest in their success. But sometimes you have to have conversations that maybe don't feel well, but do it in a in a way that they see you're doing this in their best interest and providing grace with that. Can you say that quote one more time? Sure. It's, uh, truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Um, that, like I said, I fancy myself a quote guy. I haven't really heard that. And if I did, I haven't paid attention to it. I'm a little ashamed of that because that's impactful. And I think it's impactful in today's business world and culture. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, on another topic for another day, I'm afraid... I'm afraid that our next generation of bankers and leaders are living in a world that's just a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And life is not a highlight reel. Um, you, you, could, um, you could take a look at any number of things and think that, you know, Brian Willman, uh, he's, he's done this or he's accomplished this, but all they see are the highlights. They haven't seen the long nights and the hard conversations and, and, and the other things. And I think that to your point on that quote um, and and to your fourth point or third point timely feedback timely and meaningful feedback in today's world is and I said this to you earlier in the truck um, I think it's a cousin of my idea that self-awareness is a superpower mm-hmm. um, I remember now this was at another bank years ago where you and I were um, I was I was the subject of a 360 feedback and you were probably my boss at this time. <laughs> and, uh, and I found out what the people around me thought of me. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. It changed, it changed a lot about me that day. Um, and, and I think to that end, timely quality feedback is prob- there, there, there's a premium on that today. It, it, I, I equate it to the fact that um, there's, and I sort of made this a tweet not too long ago, there's a premium on truth, but nobody wants to pay it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, what I would want people to take away from this are Brian's leadership principles of, you know, uh, 
you know, communicate um, effectively, set, set your expectations, give timely feedback, always have a sense of urgency and passion, and it's all about execution. I know Brian Wilman. I've known him long enough to know that execution is key. You know, how do you get there? Um, because we can all get better. That's right. If we've ever gotten to a point where we think we've arrived, then it's time for some feedback. <laughs> you know, it's time for some feedback. Well, I, I think we're wired, as I said earlier, as humans to connect. Uh, I think we're also, we want acceptance. We want uh, our goals to align with, you know, the outcomes that we're trying to to pursue. But at the same time, when you provide feedback, you also have to have trust in a relationship mm, with the person mm. that you're providing that feedback to. You just mm. can't do that in a vacuum. And so I think yeah. that goes back to really how we started this whole conversation around relationships. Yeah. Um, that's not formed overnight. It's a, right. it's formed when you kind of go through the fire and yeah. and you work together and you come out the other end and say, wow, we really navigated that together and who would have thought we would have gotten to this place and it'll make you stronger for it and we certainly whether that is applicable into the banking world or the cultural world or interpersonal relationships i think those truths are are certainly uh evident they are i i, I equate it to we're going to do business with people that we know like and trust mm -hmm. and you cannot build the last one overnight you you, you just can't and i love brian and i i I learned this from you uh, a long time ago is uh, I find myself oftentimes referring to clients as we mm -hmm. and, and not they and not us. And those are the relationships that are the most meaningful to me and to that client when we talk about we. I want our clients to when they say we, they're not just talking about their their hourly employees, their, their C-suite folks, their other partners, they're talking about Regions Bank also. And we do the same thing. I, I, I'll tell a story about, you know, a, a, a large facility that we may have financed up in Hall County, and I always talk about them as we, or we did this, or do you remember when we did this? And that's, that's what trustworthy and knowing and liking and trusting someone gets you. And Well said. Couldn't agree more. You know, we, we accomplished that together. Um, so, uh, any closing thoughts for, for our friends in and around Gwinnett County? No, I, listen, I, I'm really happy and excited to take the time this morning. It's been great to catch up with you, JD, the last uh, couple of days. It's great to be back here in, in Gwinnett. And, uh, you know, for me, when you read out those, uh, statistics and the numbers in Gwinnett County and the growth and just the, the impact that this community has on not just Georgia, but the Southeast as a whole, mm -hmm. It gets me really excited, uh, one, because we've been in Gwinnett County as a bank for decades. Yeah. Uh, we've been here. We're not a, a new entity, and we're going to be here for decades to come. And so it's exciting for me to have the stories and the impact um, that we're uh, making differences in business owners and hopefully their personal lives as well. And uh, I just appreciate you having me on this morning and Amanda as well. It's been great. Uh, I enjoy uh, getting out in the markets. And so anything that I can ever do to help uh, you or the clients or anyone that's interested in regions, uh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. Thank you for coming over and, and coming back to the old home place a little bit. And, you know, for our listeners, um, please uh, visit one of our branches. You can go see any of our branch managers. Um, I'm easy to find, um, you know, through the chamber, through the chamber directory. Um, and we'd love to, to have a conversation that covers any of the topics that Brian and I discussed today. You know, with that said, uh, we wish you all uh, 
a happy time. Uh, we're recruiting, recording this on a Friday, so it'd be a happy, uh, you know, good weekend. But uh, Brian, again, thank you. Uh, Amanda, thank you, and thank you for listening to Regions Business Radio.